Welcome to On the Way with Tony Chris. Each weekday, Dr. Chris will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Chris. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 216. Today, we are going to continue through the Haggadah, the ritual order of service that tells the story of Passover. Everyone now has had the cup of sanctification, the first cup. And so what happens next? Well, after the blessing, there is a ritual hand washing after everyone drinks the first cup. This washing of the hands is done by the head of the household, and this is done in preparation for the rest of the Passover. It's done openly in front of everyone. There's usually a a bowl of water or uh, some kind of running water there where it can be poured over the hands. Then there is the dipping of the parsley in salt water. The carpus is green herbs, usually parsley, and it's a reminder of the hyssop used to sprinkle the blood on the doorpost, according to Exodus chapter 12 and verse 22. The blood is represented by the fruit of the vine. The salt water is a reminder of the tears of the people in Egypt, Exodus 2:23, And the full deliverance of the people at the Red Sea, Exodus 14, 1 through 31. And then there is the breaking of the middle matzah. Three loaves of matzah bread are stored in a pillow called a matzotash. At this point, the middle loaf, the middle loaf is removed, broken in half, and one half wrapped in a white linen cloth called an afikoman, which means he who is to come. The ophicaman may be hidden somewhere in the house during the Passover. And I'll talk more about that in just a moment. To be retrieved after the supper. It's like it's buried away in a drawer or cabinet, perhaps, somewhere easy for the children to find. It is brought back for the third cup after supper. The three loaves are thought by some to represent the unity of worship, that is, the priests, the Levites, and the Israelites. Other rabbis say it represents unity among the nation, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But we as followers of Jesus see the unity that they talked about in unity of worship, unity in uh, the nation. We see it as unity within the Godhead. That is, God is a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And it's interesting that the middle, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, is the one that is taken out, broken, is buried and brought back for the cup of redemption. And after this is done, this breaking of this middle loaf, there is the telling and the retelling of the story of the Passover, the Megid. This is done from Exodus chapter 12 and about the first 13 to 15 verses. The two remaining matzos are removed from the matzotash at this time and held up with the middle broken half for all to see while repeating the following blessing. This is the bread of affliction which our ancestors ate in the land of Egypt. Let those who are hungry enter and eat, and all who are in distress come and celebrate the Passover. At present we celebrate it here, but next Next year, we hope to celebrate it in the land of Israel. This year, we are servants here, but next year, we hope to be free in the land of Israel. The second cup, called the cup of judgment, is poured at this time, but not taken. 
At this point in the Haggadah, four questions are asked by the youngest. The reason for this is because if it was the oldest, there would just be one person that would fit that description. But if there's a house full of children, everyone is going to be the youngest at some time. John fulfilled this role, John the beloved disciple, the night that Jesus was betrayed. The question that is asked every year is this, why is this night different from all other nights? The head of the household explains that the Hebrews were slaves in Egypt. And were it not for the deliverance God gave them, they would still be there as slaves to the Egyptians. The child continues with the following four questions. On all other nights, we ate either leaven or unleavened bread. Why on this night do we eat only matzo? On all other nights, second question, we eat vegetables and herbs of all kinds. Why on this night do we only eat bitter herbs? On all other nights, third question, we do not dip herbs in water. Why on this night do we dip herbs in salt water and the bitter herbs in kerosene? On all other nights, this is the fourth question, we eat sitting upright or reclining. Why on this night do we all recline? Now the head of the household answers the questions by explaining, the first question, that is, about leaven or unleavened bread, unleavened bread is a reminder of the haste with which our ancestors left Egypt. And he will usually quote Exodus 12, 8 and 19 through 20. The second answer about bitter herbs, the bitter herbs are a reminder of the bondage in Egypt. That's uh, Exodus chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. And then the third question, the herbs in salt water, are a reminder of new life and new beginning. The bitter herbs and the sweet kerosene are a reminder of the bitter slavery sweetened by the hope of freedom. And then the fourth question about upright or reclining. Reclining was a sign of a free man, and since our ancestors were freed on this night, we recline. Now, in these, we see Christ as our Passover, 1 Corinthians 5, 7, and 8, the bitterness of sin, Romans 6, 23, Christ, the hope of redemption, Zechariah 12, 10 through 14, and 13, verse 1, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 14 and 15, and Christ, our hope of freedom, Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 17, and Galatians chapter 5 and verse 13. And then the head of the household recites the story of the four sons. One wise, one wicked, one innocent, and one indifferent to the Passover. The recitation explains why the Passover is important to all. The wise son asks, what are these testimonies, statutes, and judgments which the Eternal, our God, has commanded? This provides the opportunity for instruction about Passover. The wicked son asks, what mean you by this service? Use of the word you indicates he does not include himself. The innocent son, the third of the sons, says, what is this? This affords an opportunity for the father to tell him. The indifferent son does not ask. Therefore, he must be told how God instructed parents to relate the Passover events to each new generation. Well, the story continues. All of this is before the second cup is taken. Each of the ten plagues is read from the scripture, and a drop of wine is taken from the cup and put on the plate, symbolizing the casting down of the plagues upon the Egyptians. Even though the Egyptians had made the Israelites' life to be filled with bondage, the cup of full wrath is withheld as drops are taken from the full cup. The ten plagues are blood, frogs, lice, 
pestilence on the cattle, boils, hail, flies, locusts, darkness, the death of the firstborn. And in the book that I've written, A Night to Remember, Meeting God in the Passover, all of these scriptures are given so that you can locate them on your own. And the naming of the ten plagues is followed by the reading of Exodus chapter 12, verses 1 through 14, and the recitation of a refrain in which the head of the house reads a proposition, and then everyone follows with this refrain, Dienu we would have been satisfied. That's what that means. And so it starts off, if he, that is God, had merely rescued us from Egypt, but had not punished the Egyptians, and then everyone will say, Dienu, that is, we would have been satisfied. If he had merely rescued us from Egypt, but had not punished the Egyptians, Dienu, that is, we would have been satisfied. If he had merely punished the Egyptians, but had not destroyed their gods, Dienu, we would have been satisfied. Now, this goes all the way down through the end of the recitation, where the father of the house says, if he had merely brought us to the land of Israel, but had not built us the temple, Dienu, we would have been satisfied. We would have been satisfied is the refrain that's over and over again. Through this, again, this repetition, the story is told over and over and over again throughout this entire Passover meal to get it down in the children's hearts, the next generation, to get it in the minds of those seated at the table year after year. They're going to hear it from several angles, several illustrations. All of these things are very important for passing on any tradition and any scriptural man. And so then there is the explanation of the Passover symbols. After singing that, the head of the household lifts each of the three essential elements of the Passover and explains the significance of each. They are Pesach, that is the shank bone of the Passover lamb, Matzos, the two matzo loaves that are left, Maror, the bitter herbs, and then the conclusion of the Megid, that is the Hillel Psalms. 113, 114 are read responsively, followed by the drinking of the second cup called the cup of judgment, which was poured after the Megid, that is, after uh, the reading of the Psalms. Before drinking the cup, it is blessed with prayer, and here's what it would say. Blessed are thou, O eternal our God, King of the universe, creator of the fruit of the vine. And then there would be the second ritual washing of the hands. The head of the household washes his hands once again and recites the following blessing. Blessed art thou, O Lord our God, ruler of the world, who made us by his holy commandments and commanded us concerning the washing of hands and the blessing before the Seder meal. The blessing is recited at the beginning of the Seder meal. Blessed is the same one. Blessed art thou, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who brings forth fruit from the earth. There is the blessing over the matzah. Three loaves of matzah are held for all to see while everyone recites the blessing. And everyone does this together. Blessed art thou, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who sanctified us with his commandments and commanded us concerning the eating of unleavened bread. The upper and middle loaves are broken and pieces distributed to everyone. 
Then there is the eating of the bitter herbs, the maror. The bitter herbs are eaten after reciting the following blessing. Blessed art thou, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctified us with his commandments and commanded us concerning the eating of bitter herbs. And then there is the matzah and kereset sandwich, the korek. That is, the kereset is eaten between with bitter herbs placed between two pieces from the bottom loaf of matzah. And then the table is cleared and the Passover meal is served. This concludes the first portion of the Passover dinner and it's served to the family. During dinner, the head of the house hides that afikoman that was mentioned above. More on the next podcast of On the Way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at tonycrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at tonycrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.